0: Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Mike, the Giants are 6-1, they defeated the Jaguars 23-17, and you and I were not in sunny Florida for this one. <laughs> Grump, we've been
1: saying now for, what, five years, the best damn football team? Is this the first time we can actually say that might possibly be true? We're six and one
0: yeah, I mean, these aren't fluky wins. These uh, aren't... There are only two teams with technically better records. I don't know if Minnesota has more division wins than us, but they're six and one, and the Eagles are six and oh.
1: Yeah, and we're not backing into these wins. We're not, you know, miracle winning these games. We are winning these games in fourth quarters. We are playing 60 minutes. Dare I say, we're a good team. And I don't remember what that feeling feels like. And I like it
0: a lot. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be different, man. And uh, you guys are gonna start seeing a grumpier grump because now I can actually start grading things, and it's gonna start this week. There'll be a little taste of it, but I can be a little bit more honest on what I expect from a professional football team. But it has been a really long time. The bar has been really low, and at the beginning of this season, it did kind of feel like I'm just gonna enjoy the ride. It doesn't really matter. The season doesn't mean anything, and it still doesn't mean anything because this is a brand-new regime taking what they were handed, uh, and they're just running with it. Uh, But this is an actual good team. This is a good team that has now won in several different scenarios. They have won the home game. They have won some conference games. They've won games against good quarterbacks. They've won won games in – hostile environments they've won them in neutral grounds and yeah. um you they've know Aaron Rodgers past- is yeah i mean Aaron Rodgers is a big time passing offense Lamar Jackson's the big time running offense this was kind of the balanced offense and all of those games they've come back and won they've hung around they've won a little bit more decisively less decisively but they've won in all those different scenarios the only thing they haven't won is the primetime game
1: yeah i mean this is a team that doesn't have the talent level of some of the elite teams in this league, but the talent that is playing is playing well. It's playing smart. It's playing clean. And we said it last week's show also, if you can play smart and clean, you close the gap between the teams that might have more talent than you in this league. I mean, this isn't Alabama versus Southern Louisiana. These are 32 teams in this league where the talent from the best team and to the worst team is not that great. Every week we're seeing these insane upsets. The, re, the league is more random and it's closer than it's ever been. And, the, you know, the, the talent deficiencies that we're having to play with due to lack of depth, the injuries that are creeping up, it's being mitigated by the fact that we're not having stupid penalties for the most part. We're not, you know, having to call timeouts because guys aren't in the right position, uh, you know, we are the turnovers are keeping to a minimum. These are the things that keep us close and you sprinkle in good preparation by this coaching staff, good schemes, good play calling and good execution. We're six and one.
0: I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, the last true turnover they had.
1: Other than like a Hail Mary at the end of the half. Yeah, yeah. Or...
0: like a bullshit one like that. Yeah, I can't
1: just the fact that we have to kind of rack our brains yeah exactly the fact that it, it's made. like a
0: thought yeah yeah um all right so i mean this was for me this was a huge game for them to win um this is on paper would you agree that jacksonville's roster looks further along than the giants roster
1: i'd say so i mean watching this team it's like they're definitely they're definitely a team I could be concerned about in the next couple of years. Like the foundation is there. They have they have the quarterback. I mean, I, I've been a Trevor Lawrence fan since recruiting, watching him. You know, I know Florida sniffed around for him. We never really had a shot for him, but this guy's a player. And you know, and Etienne is a is a good running back. Uh, you know, these the defensive linemen are, are good. This team is going to be good. They just don't have. You know the depth in all the pieces yet
0: yeah yeah i would agree um and they went out and they got some some flashy free agents for trevor lawrence to be a little bit more successful with and mm-hmm. you know my my thing for this is that they are not like when you worry about i mean to a certain extent with the packers you worry about everything on their offense right uh whether it be the the run game that they have going for them or aaron Rodgers throwing the ball but just generally speaking, with them, I'm just more worried about the offense only. You know what I mean? And then, you know, when you play the Baltimore Ravens, you're really worried about stopping Lamar Jackson, stopping the running game. You know, it, it's easy to to make those teams a little bit more one dimensional and then play to your advantages and and split that open. It's not easy to do that with this team. I mean, like, what is there? What is the one thing you want to do? I mean, we we discussed it. The best case scenario was to put the ball in the hands of a young quarterback that's in a new offense but we're talking about the first overall pick well this is like the next whiz kid Mm -hmm. so this is like if you're if that's the best we've got that's not really the greatest game plan like that's going to come down to a little bit of scheming and some guys just playing better so this was a tough game matchup wise for us it just there was just nothing for us to split open and exploit they're just a balanced team Mm-hmm. and they they won this game um it kept me to a heart attack um <laughs> but it didn't need to be that didn't need to happen so, mm-hmm. well, uh, so we're,
1: we're gonna talk about that too when we get yeah. to stars and farts
0: yeah exactly but I mean really i I couldn't I, I'm super elated having won that game. I felt very good when, like shutting that game off my TV I don't know how you did that feel like a uh no, just another day at the office kind of win?
1: Oh, no. It was very – I mean, it, it came down to a play. When you can re- look back at the end of a season or even a couple of years and remember a specific play that won you a game, that's pretty exciting. And that's gonna come down to the, uh, the Fabian Moreau stop on fourth down. Like, just stop the guy short. I mean, he gets out of that tackle. The game is over. They lose, and – the trajectory of this season can completely change. Certainly the opinion of the Giants, uh, you know, the morale of this team, you know, they have to go back. They had to go from Jacksonville back to New Jersey and out to the West coast. you have a little hop in your step. When you win that game, if you lose a game like that, you know, it changes your, your thought pattern for the week. So I, I just was, my first reaction was just a sense of relief. Like, thank God we didn't lose that. And then, You know, joy after it. And then the realization that, holy shit, we're six and one and not a fluky six and one.
0: Yeah, no, none of that game felt fluky. If anything, it actually Mm -hmm. felt like they were getting hosed down the line. Um,
1: It didn't feel fluky. It felt like in a season where it's how the hell are they four and one and five and one? How the hell is a team that loses two offensive linemen? still being able to run the ball the way they have control clock do the things exactly what they wanted to do on offense without missing a beat that's I don't, that's not fluky that's just more into the world of the unexplained and that's what Dude, this team is this year unexplained
0: it's insane and, and that, like that's a huge point that i, I do want to bring up when we get it to the offense particularly but right there nail on the head it 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 really worried me that Ben Bredesen went down, then Evan Neal went down. I mean, this is how it happened. Drive two of the game, drive three a game, and drive four of the game. That's how all three went down. Uh, By the way, they are both going to be gone for quite a bit. Ben Bredesen just generally is marked with a knee injury. He's being listed as week-to-week. Brian Dable's track record on week-to-week is closer to will it be this month. So Mm -hmm. I have no idea what that's going to be like. Evan Neal has a grade two MCL sprain. Um, He's in a brace. He said, I'll be all right. I'm thinking at best in three weeks, probably who knows? He's a really, really big guy. So a lateral thing for a knee is a little.
1: And being six and one in the first year of a rebuild presents scenarios and problems, which you wouldn't have been thinking about five weeks ago, you know, Five weeks ago, if this would have happened to Evan Neal, it would have been like, rest him. You know, he's one of the fu- the future pillars of this franchise. Don't bring him back too soon until he's 100% ready. But now, all of a sudden, we're 6-1, and one, and we're going to talk about the P word in a couple of minutes. And, you know, when do you bring him back? Do you bring him back before he's 150% ready, or, you know, are you trying to get the most— uh juice out of each squeeze on this team. So it's going to be interesting how some of these decisions are going to be or how much they have to deviate tactically from, you know, week to week as part of their master plan to rebuild this team.
0: Worse yet, uh, Daniel Bellinger got poked in the eye. I I had like, I didn't really know what to make of that when it happened. Uh, Sometimes that's nothing. Sometimes it's a lot. I've never seen it be like super duper significant before, but I've never seen anybody hop onto a cart, yeah, no, I mean it looked bad I mean punching the ground and shit i I had a bad feeling it um quote looked terrible um he has an eye socket slash septum fracture Ugh. and he may need surgery. I don't know anything about the vision if that's affected, uh but that sucks like really it's just Daniel a scary Bellinger thing. too
1: if we're worrying about concussions and player safety, you know, the eye socket is so close to the brain. It's so close to the nasal passage. It's so close to your eye. You know, it's, that's frightening.
0: Yeah. I actually thought he was, I I thought that he had like, I, I don't know. I, I thought he got his bell wrong is kind of what I thought. Hmm. Um.
1: But then when I saw him, like I said, hop onto the cart, like, that doesn't sound like something has a concussion. That's something else going on. Oh
0: yeah, no. I mean like they showed the the replay. You could see Devin Lloyd's hand just mm-hmm. kind of grazed. I mean it's just whatever, it just happened. Just sucks. Um, yeah. so speaking of injuries, this team is playing without basically two draft classes. We were just kind of talking <laughs> before the episode. Um this year's draft class alone. All but two have sustained injuries that was like multiple weeks. From Thibodeau all the way to Beavers, every single one with the exception of Izudu and McFadden suffered multi-week injuries. And Evan Neal and Daniel Bellinger both adding to that list this week. And And then last year's draft class, too.
1: Yeah, last year, I know uh, Bobby um, Skinner, he tweeted it on the – a couple days ago, if you go through the list, Kadarius Toney, missed four games. Aziz Ozilary, missed five games in an injured reserve. Aaron Robinson, missed four games is on IR. Ellerson Smith, IR since training camp. Gary Brightwell is active, had a touchdown a couple weeks ago. Rodarius Williams, injured reserve since camp. I mean, it's hard to rebuild with, with the pieces you're rebuilding with are not available. It makes it even more incredible how this exactly
0: been. it just it just speaks even more to uh, how, how well this team is playing right now. So, yeah, Um. when we talk about this now, well, I want to get into the offense here. The first mm-hmm. thing we have to talk about is Daniel Jones in this game, right? We do. All right. So here's Absolutely. the thing. We're going to talk about Daniel Jones and his future with this team. We're just going to save it for the bye week. It's in like literally one one and a half weeks from this episode. We'll talk about it. Um, but I don't want to do that yet. I don't want to jump down yeah. on that because I kind of want to think about it a lot. I want to gather a lot of stats. I kind of want to look at things. Uh, and then I'll have an intelligent conversation about it. But we will talk about him in this game because this was a different DJ, right? Well, first of all, first star of this game... I'm going to hand out a start to you, the Cranky fan, for your bold prediction being 100% correct. I I just felt before the
1: game, thinking about it, where there's going to have to be a lot of improvis- improvisation by him. I just thought that, you know, I I, I thought the pass rush on the outside was going to be a problem. Um, now, now, I didn't think it would be like all design runs for 100 yards. I thought he would just the way his brain has been this year and the maturity he's showing and the decision-making, I thought there'd be opportunity for lanes for him to run. And he didn't just stumble onto a hundred yards. He would have had far more. He had that one run where he, where he tripped, which could have gone for probably 30, 40 yards after. So he easily would have had over a hundred yards. So, um, you know, I wouldn't predict that every, I think it was the first time he ever a hundred yards in his career, but it just seemed to be the type of week where, you know. They're gonna they're gonna rely on his legs as an added weapon, and he was very very smart when he took off and ran, and uh, yeah, it was a, a huge key to the game. It he gets a star for me for the game just for his his overall performance.
0: Oh yeah, he gets a star. Uh, so the 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 twenty four yard run was the one like passing scramble that was the one where he really he dropped back and then there was just a wide open lane and he just took off and he just right. he didn't really tr- he, he kind of was like falling the whole time he like split two tacklers and just was kind of running sideways and couldn't quite get his hips forward again without his feet going out mm-hmm. um he just kind of stumbled through that uh he runs a little too tall through that shit sometimes i don't know yeah um but He played an outstanding fucking game. This whole offense, I thought, played really, really, really well. I know, like, the results weren't there on a down-by-down basis, but... Who cares? uh, I mean, like, it usually isn't. And I know it's just the Jaguars, but... First of all, consider the fact that we said in the second drive, they lost Ben Bredesen... The third drive, they lost Evan Neal. And the fourth drive of the game, they lost Daniel Bellinger. So they lost three starters on three back-to-back drives all in the first half. So that means that when they did their big comeback, that's with three starters replaced. Yeah. Um, so that's like the majority of their yards pickup. Um, although, they, I mean, yards, they didn't do so well in the first half, but they did have decent time of possession. But it just didn't it feel like more of a regular NFL offense, especially out the gate, the way they started throwing the ball to start the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, they played, they didn't have one three and out the entire game. Think about that. This offense. And by the way, as we're watching, as we're recording this, the, uh, the zappy experiment for new England is just, you know, it was exciting for about 30 seconds. He's thrown three. I think he's thrown three, two picks since we started recording. So, So much for that, but yeah. Back to your point, it feels like it's a regular offense considering there are nobody to throw to, and now with Bredesen gone, you know we saw Daniel Jones, who's normally cool, calm, and collective, screaming at his receivers to catch the ball. When he loses his cool with these guys, you know the limited weapons he's working with right now, and yet somehow they're moving the chains. And and against a team like Jacksonville, you have to have time possession. You wanna you wanna wear that defense down, that pass rush down. And again, don't look at the numbers. Don't watch every play. Just when you get to the fourth quarter, you see they've done their job. It it is the most amazing sleight of hand team I've seen in almost, you know, forty years of watching football.
0: So you know, Daniel Jones showing emotion is, is something where we kinda of saw we saw this fire from him uh in his debut, right? You know, he he kinda had like obviously big energy. That was a huge comeback win that he engineered against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um that's gotta be a huge monumental moment for a guy in his first game, no matter what, right? And then sure, we we I think I actually said it only a couple weeks ago where um Someone in the huddle said that Daniel Jones was like, let's go down and score this motherfucker or something like that. And they were like, every time DJ curses, something good happens or something like that. (laughs) No, but I mean, that I was joking at the time. But like, this is maybe it. Like, maybe this is like the moment where DJ is taking a team. Like, now this is his team. This is him taking control, telling his guys what to do. I mean, like, I know he does that, but like, there, there's like a going through the motions. It's part of the job. Like, okay, yeah, come on. We got to go do this thing and let's meet up in the offseason and we'll throw... But like, maybe this is him really taking the team. Like, this is my team. I'm going to make this work.
1: Well, let's think about it. I mean, in his fifth year, this is the first time it's really been his team,
0: right? I mean,
1: this is the first time that an offense has been tailored around him. It's the first time... We haven't had, you know, and I don't want to hear these guys say they don't they don't read the they don't read social media and they don't read the, the what the media says. They hear it. And he's been hearing really since the day he was drafted, you know, that wasn't a good draft pick. Oh, you know, all the jokes about him, you know, the assumption that he was gonna be gone, you know, he they, got they, booed
0: they, at Yankee Stadium to throw out the first pick. Exactly. So there's no way do you miss that.
1: <laughs> the entire time he's been here. He's had to look over his shoulders at, you know, the criticisms and the, and look at, in front of him at the most likely he would not have a job with this team once his contract was up, or the time being, and that might change tomorrow. But for right now, all of that noise is kind of gone. They've they they've taken an offense. They they saw what he does best. They've tailored it to what he can do, his strengths. They've tailored it some more to the limitations of what the rest of this offense can do and can't do. And they've finally, finally, a coaching staff has put Daniel Jones in the best position to succeed. And I think when all that stuff is behind you and all the noise goes away, you start to develop confidence. You start to play well, you develop more confidence. You know, and your teammates, they... They respect him. They see what he's gone through. They see that he works hard. They see that he's tough. They see all of these things. And you don't have to be a rah rah guy, you know, having Tom Brady giving these, you know, fiery speeches all the time and, you know, throwing laptops and acting like an asshole. You don't have to be that to be a leader. I think he's finally comfortable in his own skin that this is his team for right now, and it's showing.
0: Absolutely. Uh, that, was, that was sorry. That was funny. Um, yeah, I, the whole thing was it was great. That was that was perfect. Um, I thought I thought it was really interesting. The uh, it wasn't just you know him yelling, at, you know whatever, getting emotional, but it was like also you know exchanges on the sidelines with Dable. It seems like you know the two of them really kind of have I don't know something, uh, mm-hmm. and it 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 feels like Dable knows that he unlocked something like something just happened. Like that, that, that is not a, in this game kind of thing. I mean, maybe it's going to turn off a game here or there as guys have moments. And, you know, some days you're on, sometimes you're not, but maybe that's the great coach might have been it. Like Dable may have unlocked the thing that was just waiting to be open
1: there. I mean, that's what made Bill Parcells great. And I'm not making the Dable to Parcells comparison. I'm saying that, Bill Parcells knew how to unlock the dragon out of each of his players. And he knew that it wasn't one size fits all how to motivate guys. He, he learned his players. He knew how to handle LT versus how to handle Phil Simms. And you saw it on the sidelines that, you know, it doesn't mean it was always rosy. There was, you know, back and forth. But at the end of the day, he was trying to get the best out of his players. And if this is an example... You know, in in year one, week seven, what Brian Dable can do, you know, with inheriting a roster that probably not the roster they really want to go with going forward, although maybe some pieces might last longer than we originally thought, wait till he has his guys here. That's, it's, uh, this year is still ice. It's still a gift from the gods and it's great, but, you know, I'm still more excited about this team, what's going to happen in the next couple of years.
0: Well, so is everybody else, but we're saving that for the bye week. Yeah. one. but oh, let's no, keep. No. Let's, I know, yeah. I know, I know. I'm just saying. Let's, let's let's keep it here. So this is the team we've got, and if this is DJ's team that he's putting on his back, and and this is this is what they're rolling with this year. They're at six and one. They've beaten most mm-hmm. kinds of teams there are out there. Um, what I mean, it, it it's not unreasonable to be thinking playoffs. Uh, It's strictly by record, they have to kind of fall on their face, which absolutely could still happen, but they'd have to fall on their face at this point to not make the playoffs. They're, they're currently like in third place in the entire conference. So it's, it's at this rate, it is going to happen. So it's time to start thinking, well, I mean, we're just wondering, like, Yeah. What, what, what do we expect? Does DJ rise to the occasion in playoffs? Like, is he a clutch performer guy? Does he step up or is prime time and that sort of thing still shaky for him? Or is he just even keel? You think, and it just depends on everything else around him. Does everybody else shatter?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we could start at the top with this. It's like, let's talk about the team in general. I mean, let's change the narrative around here from, is this team for real to how good is this team? I mean, you know we we talked about two years ago the Giants were potentially a playoff gonna be in the playoffs but not be a playoff team, so let's start with that grump. Do you feel that this team is a playoff team or just a team that's gonna get into the playoffs
0: I think this is a playoff team well, I mean it's I don't know that's not usually how i i uh check teams by like the middle of the season. It's usually there's contenders, the se- playoff teams, and then there was like fringy ones. Let's and say I- the
1: season ended today. This is um, Sunday was the last, it was week 17. We're going to the playoffs next week. How do you feel about this team?
0: Um, is this a team that's just. So, so here's the thing. I think they have enough talent and they know their talent enough to coach them through any one game against most teams. I think that obviously some games are going to be harder than others, but it's clear that they can coach their way with their talent past playoff caliber teams. So I don't know if they're in 10 games, in 10 tries against the same team, the same playoff team, if they're going to win nine of those times or just one. But I think that they come prepared enough that performing in the playoffs, I think this coaching staff... And I think this coaching staff can get this talent level to win almost any game. I really do mm-hmm. think that. I, I'm, not, I'm not really speaking to the construction of this roster or where this franchise is. I think— no, nope, just, right yeah, just right now. Yeah, just right now. have. They have already played themselves into a playoff situation, and I think that they are good enough coaches and talent level to win any one game that they have to get prepared for. Mm-hmm. Right? Does does that not feel like a pretty honest assessment right there? I, I think so.
1: I think exactly. And I think also the NFC is not the same NFC that we've been used to. I think it's pretty crappy, to be very honest. I don't think there's really any elite teams in this conference at all. Like, who, who really scares you in this conference? I mean.
0: I think the Rams still can put up lots of points pretty quickly.
1: They could um, be, but they're not playing great. Yeah. I mean, eh.
0: I don't know Uh, if Minnesota scares me, only because I haven't really watched any of. Like, they're clearly ripping shit up. I just I haven't watched any of it.
1: Uh huh. I mean, you know, Dallas, eh? They're okay. The the Eagles
0: definitely scare me. We certainly don't match up with that roster well. But okay,
1: yeah, that's one. But I mean, if you can cut down the number of teams you have to deal with, and it gets down to one, we've seen it in giant history. We've seen it where they played teams in the playoffs, and you know, whether it was Buffalo in Super Bowl twenty five. The undefeated Patriot team. That, you know, if they're well coached and they play a great game, they can beat these teams. We think we have the well coached part right now. Can this team play, you know, for a team that's playing at the maximum level of what their talent is now, can they do it again against the most elite teams in this league? I think it's possible. I think it's probably I, I mean, unlikely, but it's possible.
0: If we're gonna say it into this year's terms, uh, I would say that I could see them losing the first game, just not being good enough. I could also see them winning all the way up to the NFC Championship. Sure, you, you know what I mean. Like I, I don't, I don't see them winning that game. I just don't. Uh, but I, I all of this is just kind of they have that kind of it about them. Mm-hmm. Teams haven't quite figured out what to do against them. Clearly. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of how I feel. Do you feel that home field plays any advantage here? They've played a lot of games at home to start the year. Um, Their only loss has been at home, though. The only loss has been at
1: home. I mean, the game in London was certainly not a home game. That was definitely no. felt like a, a road game. I know there was a lot of Giant fans in Jacksonville, but that's still a road
0: game. You still have to... You have to fly. Your... It's also humid as shit. Yeah, to bring you're going out out of your normal routine.
1: You have to go down there. You have to fly back. You got to turn around and get ready to go to Seattle. Um, and I also don't think home field, with certain exceptions, you know, your Kansas City's, your Buffalo's, I think in the StubHub era, I don't think the impact, and in these newer stadiums, home field is as critical as it used to be. When yeah, it
0: in playoff time, you don't think?
1: Well, also, here's another thing. I think the way this team is playing and how they built this offense, I think it can pretty be pretty successful in cold weather and crappy conditions, too. You know, We're not relying on putting the ball up in the air 50 times. We're not relying on receivers having to run these routes. We're relying on pounding the shit out of the ball. We're relying on Daniel Jones making the right decisions, and that means tucking it down and running, so be it. So I think this team is built that if it's a windy game in January or it's 43 in rain or maybe even some snow, I don't think that's going to impact this team as much as some other ones or the way they're constructed.
0: I think
1: – I mean, if we play – and more home field things. I mean, if we play in L.A., for example, we play the Rams, there's probably going to be 40% Giant fans at that place. Right, that's not a home field advantage.
0: Yeah, but I think playing—if we had to play at the link, it would be horrible.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I, it's,
0: I we're also—that's <laughs> the question, right? Geez, I—I I mean, yeah, there's very specific things, but I, I think generally speaking, playoff atmosphere—I think they're. It, i think i think playing at home would be a huge thing but we're talking about are we a legitimate playoff team i think we are and talking about at this point we have to think about the fact that we're going to be watching at this point seriously are you booking a vacation anytime around the first week of the playoffs
1: everything is canceled until the playoffs. exactly exactly
0: so we have to we have to think like that so like They are a playoff team, whether we like it or not. Whether they belong or not.
1: (laughs) If anybody doesn't like the fact we're a playoff team, just turn the show off. I'm sure there would be someone.
0: I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, They are. They're a playoff team, and uh, I think they belong because they can can win any one game.
1: uh, They are capable of being a playoff team. I think they've proven to. Again, there's still a long way to go. We've got this injury situation. Let's see how this kind of plays out. But if the season ended right now, they are a playoff team.
0: Yes, it could still go sideways. It would mm-hmm. be, I don't know, it'd be pretty, it'd be pretty weird if it, if uh, it did. But we'll we'll see. Um, it right, be, so,
1: I, yeah. My last I, take I, with that, is I, I, Okay. I, I was gonna say it'd be. I think it would be situations beyond their control. I think it'd be a rash of injuries keep going. I don't think all of a sudden Daniel Jones is just gonna go completely south, unless teams start figuring out and out scheming our coaching staff too. Let's see how that plays
0: out. You know what? So here's the thing. I don't know how well that's going to go for people because I can't tell if they're just installing the playbook a little bit at a time or if they're just running off the cuff a little bit or if they are doing this deliberately or situationally based on the team. But Mm -hmm. this week it really – and like the last couple weeks it felt like they're unleashing the real rushing attack in the second half. Mm -hmm. It feels like they're intentionally pulling punches in the first half. And it feels like, and I say this only because I was listening to a Jaguars podcast uh, this morning and I was thinking about it because I rewatched the game last night. um, And I I was taking like really detailed notes about what they did on offense because I I thought it was really interesting um, that we came out throwing so much, right? I mean the Mm -hmm. whole first half we were really throwing a lot and The more I looked into it, drive by drive, it looks like Mike Kafka likes to lean on one thing each time that drive. And the next drive, even if that all worked, something else. He's going to lean on something else this time. He's going to keep moving it around. Um, So there's no really set identity. We always say all the time this is a run-first team, and it's true that the run is definitely the strength behind this team. But you can't just scheme that way because I think – and and listening to this podcast is like oh yeah we held Saquon in check in the first half, but did they not really? Yeah. We didn't really try. I mean, it looked like all of that was a setup to just completely flip the script in the second half and zone read the absolute shit out of them. And Daniel Jones has they have really gotten his like ball faking down to a really threatening level because mm-hmm. I mean like I, I've still seen guys do better than him. Uh, some guys are really insane. Um, but he's faking out the camera guy at this point regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I think this coaching staff is even more creative than we're giving them or I, I guess that we know of. I, I could just be saying that and it, it maybe happened here and wasn't intentional. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how much of it is just – and that's going to be the ultimate question when they're evaluating – you know, the roster, you know, in the offseason is how much is it is just a master chess players moving pieces around the board and how much is it the pieces themselves? Because, uh, again, if you just look on paper at who is playing, you look on paper at this receiving core, you look on paper who's blocking for them right now, you look at the quarterback even on paper, they should not be you know, controlling time possession. They should not be controlling. You know, you know, they're not. How many? I mean, how many punts a game are they averaging? Not many. Right? They're hardly ever punting.
0: It's. Uh, I don't know. Uh, doesn't seem like it. They, it's. It's. It's in clusters. I mean, they've been a second half team. Mm-hmm. so I don't know what to tell you. It's 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 always going to feel like we're punting on every down and then second half comes and we're not punting at all. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it probably evens out to about average. But you know, like I said like it's it's in clusters so it's almost like they're figuring shit out and then just right. they figured it out now. Now they're and, just going to score on every drive. And
1: like I said, they didn't have one three and out the entire game. That's pretty impressive.
0: That is damn impressive. I uh, didn't have that note. Um, Offense. I do want to—I I don't have any other offensive stars to hand out other than Daniel Jones. I uh, do. Daniel Jones, by the way, was 19 of 30 with, like, five drops at least uh, for yeah. 202 yards, a touchdown. He did have one horrendous interception that was called back to the penalty that had nothing to do with the interception. Right, um, right. Right. Um, But you know what? You can get stars with a mistake on this grading scale because otherwise no one would get any. He also had 11 rushes for 107 yards and a touchdown. Um, Give me your star. My
1: star goes to the entire offensive line. And just the fact that you're losing, you know, we lost two starters and, you know, a a, a de facto offensive lineman in, in, in Bellinger, the tight end. And to doesn't even feel like they missed a beat at all. I mean, like you were saying, in the second half, it's like they unleashed Saquon Barkley. They unleashed the the running game. And you're doing that with, again, listen to this show, the episodes we did all offseason, and our fears of the offensive line, our fears, you know, the interior of the offensive line. We know we got the, with the tackles, but we were still concerned. We were so concerned about depth. We were concerned about all these things. And for the fact that it didn't feel like a beat was missed in this game when both of these guys went down early, that's a tribute to the entire line. So they all get a star for me.
0: I actually had to check. I kept like thinking, like, wait, did Ben Bredesen come back out there? Not that Josh mm-hmm. Azuda was playing great because I was focused on him. But then as I got caught up in the game, I just I kept forgetting. You know, um, they really they really did, and and not for nothing. Like before all the. I guess during the injuries, Ben Berson got hurt kind of early. Daniel Jones was throwing some fucking pockets. Yeah, He was not on the, the run. He was not being rolled out. This was an adult offense, an adult quarterback dropping back in an adult pocket, protected by adult offensive linemen. There was no training wheels on this shit. Not Can at all. I, this was a straight-back offense, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean— okay. His decision making for running was not predicated by he had to run to save his life. It was just smart decisions. Um, can I give a fart now while we're still talking on offense?
0: On offense, go yeah. for it. I have a couple.
1: Um, I'm gonna give a fart. I know he's having a fantastic year and he's probably come back player of the year, but Saquon Barkley gets a fart for poor clock management. I could say at the end of the game. Go ahead. How- how many times did he go out of bounds running in that final uh, time yeah. we had the ball? Three times? Two, three times? Three times
0: he failed to get out of bounds.
1: You got to know, you know, the situation. You got to stay in bounds in that. You got to end this game. You know, we are a team that's trying to shorten games to begin with, the way we run our offense and everything. You just have to have better awareness. And again, this isn't a stinky fart, this is not a, you know, super loud that the neighbor's going to hear the fart but a little bit of a squeak and saquon just has to know be better than that
0: dude this was infuriating no 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 this is a fart for real this Mm -hmm. was a this this game almost like okay this game almost ended in a loss it was down to one yard yeah. And we would be having a very different podcast right now where we would be bitching and moaning about oh, the— Oh, it'd be
1: diarrhea. Wait, f-
0: wait, 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 wait. No, seriously, seriously. Hang on. We would be having a full conversation about the bullshit Leonard Williams uh, roughing the passer penalty that took some minor, um, I don't know, like 10, 11-yard gain, added 15 yards to it, and put them in legitimate striking distance with with only like two shots at the end zone, maybe three shots at the end zone. That that was we would be having a whole conversation about that, that whole situation on defense didn't need to happen. That's how serious and grievous of an of a mistake this is. Saquon Barkley, I I would give him a dis if he made the one mistake right. I I we he would be getting a star in this game. He made the two mistakes. He Mm has now taken himself out of star contention. Three mistakes, he's now in the fart territory. And I'm sorry, but because they actually almost lost on that play, he gets the fart. It is absolutely legitimate. Let me put it this way. I did the math. If he got a bounce on all three of those, the clock would have been going down as they kicked the fourth down field goal. doesn't matter if it goes in or out. It ends the game. They never would have gotten the ball on defense. I did the math. So every time he did that, he went, he went out of bounds on the first one and he's smacking his helmet like, oh, duh. But then he just went back and did it again. And yeah. then he's smacking his helmet. I don't want to hear it. And then the third one, it was pretty clear that he was already going to go out of bounds and then remembered and then tried the right. slide. And right. the officials ended up ruling against it. So he screwed everything up. That entire ending drive didn't need to happen. That was entirely on Saquon Barkley. And, you know, if my math is wrong, that whatever, then that's kind but of a pedantic it it point, to call comfort. me out on it. I'm right. pretty sure I'm right, though.
1: I was going to save this fart from when we talked on defense, but since you brought it up, I'm going to give another fart. And this is to the NFL and the officials in this league. We're out of control with protecting these quarterbacks. That roughing the quarterback, that roughing the passer call, that's not roughing the passer. Well there I were mean, two bad ones. Can we play the fucking game, please? <laughs> I I mean I I understand it's a judgment call. You know, it's not whether he's inbounds or out of bounds, it's judgment. But let's use judgment and let's use common sense.
0: You know yo, err on the side of the caution does not mean just throw a fucking flag. That's right. not erring on the side of caution, that's using no judgment whatsoever.
1: I mean, between roughing the passer and just calling pass interference, you know, it's just, it's getting, these games are getting, becoming a little unbearable to watch, and it takes, it sucks the excitement out of it, and it sucks the actual play out of it. It's like, we're not playing the game anymore. We're We're having officials dictate based upon their interpretations, and it's a problem, and I'm getting tired of it, and a lot of people are getting tired of it, too. We all want healthy quarterbacks. We know what happens when we have to have you know, backups play and third-string quarterbacks, but at the same time, if you're trying to kill a, a a butterfly with a hammer, you're not doing any good for anybody. Let them play.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually have the officials on here with a fart, and it, it, mainly because, well, I mean, I guess I should have. They were just bad all over. I don't think this was like a biased game. This was just nonsense. no that's
1: not biased. I, I, I also there say... was
0: there was a play to to piggyback on what we were talking about last week. Um, there was a play the Giants had where they picked up a first down with Matt Breida. I think on like a jet sweep on third down, critical play, play clock was at zero. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that is it. Like, you know how I say, like, we, we talk about these roughing the passer penalties. They're coming up all the time. Like, the play clock is an every down fucking thing. That legitimately happens at least once per game.
1: Yeah, I in, found in myself feeling at something. Yeah, I, wh- in the game yesterday also, I'm thinking like here we go again. We just talked about this. Yeah. And yeah. also I, I don't I don't think it's biased. I mean some people are like, oh, they're biased against us. It's like, do you really think the NFL is biased for Jacksonville over the Giants? Come on. There is no bias. It's no, just No,
0: it's just shitty officiating. It's bad calling.
1: It's bad officiating. And officials don't have the repercussions like other, you know, players do or anybody else in life. They just, you know, they're protected and maybe they're pre- they're reprimanded behind closed doors or or whatever, but we don't know about it. So do a better job, please.
0: I have one more fart to hand out on offense. I know we kind of deviated from offense, but real quick, Marcus Johnson could not have been more useless in this game. Uh, Three drops on three targets, uh, and like two of them were major. One was on a first and 20 after a holding call. He was about 18 yards downfield, just dropped it.
1: We might as well just have tackle eligible and just have offensive linemen go out there. No, I
0: mean, what sucks is that he's been more money. He's been more clutch the last two weeks. Limited role, obviously, guy we got off the street. He's Mm -hmm. clearly an off-the-street guy, but he came up clutch when we needed But this was a worthless day for him. He also had an OPI. On uh, a Wandel I think I think he dropped the ball anyway. It doesn't matter, but he still got the fucking OPI in the penalty. And then he, the big one, of course, was the fourth and two from like the five or whatever, which is, if it wasn't a touchdown, it was automatically a first down. Right, just absolutely killed the first drive out of the first uh, out of the first half. Maybe we should be thanking him. That's if, uh, if, that if was have the point they call Jekyll unle-
1: Jones and start screaming it.
0: Yeah, that's when he flipped out. So maybe yeah. that was the eggshell cracking. That was that right. moment. Thanks, Marcus Johnson. You still get a fart anyway. Um, Speaking of farts, the defense had a pretty rough game. Uh, Give me your overall thoughts. What did you think? I mean, like I said, this was a difficult one because they couldn't just – the best shot they had was to put the ball in a rookie's hands and make him win it. But he was also the first overall pick. So, I mean, that's not really – it's not really pressing a huge advantage. So, what do you think?
1: Yeah, it felt a little bend don't breakish, a little bit. I thought they'd, I thought they'd try to uh, put more pressure on Lawrence. I thought they'd try to make disrupt him more, and I didn't see that that much. I mean, he's he's a talented guy. I, I, like I said I, I think this guy is going to be an all pro at some point. You know, everybody's so quick with, you know, the Justin Herberts and you know, the Josh Allens, but he's in that conference also. And he's he's gonna be damn good. I think when, you know, as this team matures around him, he gets more weapons around him. He's gonna be really, really good. Um, you know, I, I, I have one star I did give in this. I gave it to, to Fabian Moreau because he made the play of the game. He saved the game. And he was I, money on
0: that final drive. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, to me, my stars and farts are really starting to evolve more into individual moments and the importance of those moments overall like oh he had a great game i guess to me you know that's the that's the biggest play of the game again that's i said it earlier you lose this game and you have a whole narrative for this team both media league perception and also in that building and you know it didn't. Se- it seemed like a relatively simple play, but I've seen more guys blow one on ones like that, and he just stoned him right before the line. And oh, we see game.
0: cornerbacks dog that tackle routinely.
1: Do you think Deion Sanders would ever make a tackle like that?
0: Isn't there like a famous image of him struggling to make that tackle at Florida State and Miami? The bitch never right tackled anybody ever. <laughs> so I mean.
1: It seems easy enough, a simple enough task, guy in front of you tackle, corners don't tackle. And he did, so.
0: Well, I mean, I think that whole drive was insane. Uh, yeah. So the, down, down the line there, I have um, Fabian Rowe pick, uh, but hands to the face on Belton. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was also the hands to the face call on Belton. Not that it was a bad call, but like Evan Ingram really just kind of like, in his initial move out of his stance, he just literally ran face first into Dane Belton's outstretched hand. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, he was just standing like this, and Evan Ingram ran face first into his hand. And, right. So it's like, I can't even get mad at Dane Belton at that. I want to, because it erased what would have been a sick game ending play right there. Just threw to a wide open Fabian Moreau. Um, but then he had a pass breakup on the next play. Um, then there was a false start, but also a pass breakup on Fabian Moreau. I mean, he that whole drive he was all over the place the only thing he gave up the the one pass to marvin jones which was just like an insane catch like behind his head mm-hmm. um yeah i agree with you um the way the defense is playing collectively as a unit where it's not individual play like in the past when we were kind of giving this stuff out in like a tampa 2 defense we were seeing like one defensive end was getting some sacks or maybe you know had some critical you know, run stops. Now they're playing so much like a group. It's coming up in the, who stepped up at the most opportune moment. Right. Um, otherwise I thought the defense played pretty, pretty badly. Um, like you said, it was, it was a little bend breaky, but I had, I mean, I was shitting bricks during that final drive because I was pissed that we were putting time on the clock. I texted you. I was freaking out. And, and, if you guys don't know, we really
1: don't communicate that much during a game.
0: Well, well, also I don't look at Twitter during the game because like there's like delays on streaming services. Sometimes people yeah. see things before. I don't, I don't look at anything. I can't have my phone near me. I but don't we, tweet we, much during the game for that reason, unless we, I'm at the game, but we don't, Yeah, talk. we
1: don't talk that much during game. Cause we want to keep these shows kind of fresh with our thoughts. So we're not influencing each other and anything. So we'll just have like a couple, like a wow or something, but, you know, when we're not at the game together, we really don't talk that much. So, he, for him to like to say something was like, oh boy, something's up. You know,
0: I I'm gonna this read Getting the, the wrath of the grunt. The actual text was actually pretty funny. That's this is how you know I was losing my mind mm-hmm. uh, because my autocorrect caught me three times. <laughs> <laughs> do I do I want to read the, um, in all caps? I have. Why does this stupid ass keep going out of boobs? Yeah. And then right after that, I said boobs again. And then in all caps, I wrote Bounds. Um, but yeah, I was, I was absolutely losing my mind. I was like, I, I have no confidence in this defense to shut down one drive from this offense. Like, this is horrible that's happening right now. I was praying for him to just, at this point, break one and just take it the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I had I had no confidence that we were going to stop that. We were very bend, don't breaky. I didn't like it. I have a fart to hand out in particular, and it's to okay. Darnay Holmes. Again, we're talking about moments. Darnay Holmes lost leverage, I think, on the first play coming out of halftime and gave up a 50-yard run to Travis Etienne. Right. That was – it was the one – we weren't doing great against the run all game, but that was the run gash that – the one gash that we couldn't let happen, and it was a stupid fucking way. It wasn't a broken tackle or anything like Mm -hmm. that. It was getting greedy. It was jumping a gap instead of keeping your outside contained. So Darnay Holmes got a a, good, there you go, fart. That's kind of a wrap on this game. You got any other notes? Uh,
1: I have two little quick notes. Uh, Another fart is kind of to fox. I understand that the Giants before the season started, were not going to be a marquee team. We wouldn't be on prime time that much, But now that we're six and one, can we get bumped up from the fifth string announcers? I mean, that was a rough listen. And I know this is the really the Grump and I both mentioned this is the first time we're actually on our couches watching a game this year, so we're not subjected to homogenized national broadcasts. But Jesus,. St- Grump and I do this show as a hobby part-time because we're fans. We don't get paid. We don't have sponsors, none of that. And I can say with confidence, we both know more than the color commentator of that game yesterday. Learn the game, learn the teams. It's your job. Know what's going on. Don't give me the same generic stories about, you know, this team about that. everybody who knows football. I mean, most people who are watching fucking Giants-Jaguars week seven, pretty good chance they've been following this team along all week, whether it's on Twitter, podcasts, whatever publication and stuff. And I just, hopefully, you know, the game gets flexed later on in the year. We become a night game. We get better announcers. And next year on, we get, you know, maybe the game of the week and stuff. But I just can't take these announcers, how bad they are. Um, my other thing to you, Grunt, before we go is, I have a note for coaching decisions. Um, we went for it and I'm trying to get the exact situation. What was your take at the time instead of kicking, kicking the field goal, going for it?
0: Um, at the time I, w- I was thinking we were rolling we should go with it. Um, that was the, uh, let me just double check this. Yeah. um, that was the first drive we had coming out of halftime. We're always a halftime team. we clearly right. had something going there. I was thinking go for it there. Um, but but also I, I can see wanting to go for the field goal but I, I think I don't know I, I was I was on team go for it because of where you are and clearly what happened there is we held them to a uh, three and out inside their own end zone anyway. so the,
1: the analytics are basically dead even go you know go for it. They said it was a tiniest, slight advantage for kicking the field goal. I would have personally would've kicked the field goal there. Um, I just didn't. I just didn't think points are going to be kind of hard to come by in a game like this. And we're on the road. I think I would have kicked. We have a good kicker, so I mean, again, nothing. It's certainly fart-worthy of a decision or not. But
0: yeah, you're not. You're not calling for heads.
1: No, I'm just curious what you were thinking.
0: No, I was fine with it. I, 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 yeah. I was team go for it. But also if we kick the field goal, I'd be like, nah, really? I, I wasn't going to get that mad about it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: but I, again, this is like a team of momentum and, and stuff like that. So I'm also feeling it. I'm not generally that guy. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to feel a little bit there. Gotcha. Um, one other coaching note, I would say we've been pretty praiseworthy on their ability to handle penalties. Uh, this was a bad one, but I think also they were playing with a lot of backups. So I'll and also this officiating was garbage. Um, yeah,
1: let's see if this if it's a trend or just uh, an anomaly. But overall, this team is a lot cleaner than uh, now. As part of my my preamble earlier was, oh yeah, yeah being clean is going to help this team in a lot of ways. And yeah,
0: um, so real let, let's go around the division really quick. Philly had a. A uh, bye week. Washington beat Green Bay. Is Alright, so I have, I have two questions for you. It's a two-part mm-hmm. question, actually. So Washington had 17 unanswered points between the second and third quarter. Um, and it felt like, to me, I just watched like a brief highlights through it, um, Green Bay's only scoring the second half came on like a lot of like insane athletic plays that are very flashy, grab-worthy. Um but Washington just scored points the old fashioned way. Like they just moved. So like is Green Bay bad or is Taylor Heineke better than Carson Wentz? Like what's uh what do you think?
1: Taylor Heineke might be a Ryan Fitzpatrick where when you bring him in for a game or two, he does well, but his shelf life isn't that good the longer he plays. Because think about it. When was that three years ago? He was in that playoff game against uh, Tampa Bay.
0: It was only two years ago.
1: Only it was, two years was his ago? First
0: year. Yeah, they backed into the playoffs, and uh, we we got. Axed it was out. that
1: game. So it was two years ago. Yeah. All right. Well, then I throws my theory off. I was going to say I thought it was a little longer than two years ago, and it's like, well, why is he still a backup with Washington? I think that, he's you know?
0: just all gamer and no attributes. Like I think yeah. I think he's a smart guy. Who can step up in big moments? Like he's a man, but he's just he's just not very like he's not gonna be able to sustain long wins, I don't think, because I just he's don't a think a definition he's got the of a backup that you want. Yeah, Somebody I guess so. who's gonna yeah.
1: steady the ship for a couple of games, waiting for your quarterback to come back.
0: So is that better than Carson Wentz then? What do you think? Or is I mean, Green Bay or is Green Bay just in a free fall right now?
1: I think there's something going on with Green Bay. I wouldn't be surprised if uh there's some coaching changes or something or something that Aaron Rodgers is going to
0: do. If there's if there's one mid season retirement between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, which one are you taking? Oh, Tom Brady. Really? Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: I that, remember my pre my, Oh, I remember my prediction beginning of the year was Tampa Bay and Dallas would make the playoffs. And I thought the Tampa Bay side, I just thought that the Tom Brady thing, a guy who, takes time off in the middle of for a guy that is so 150% focused on football taking time off during training camp doesn't practice on Wednesdays just doesn't seem to be you know obviously he's got personal stuff going on It's football doesn't seem to be number 1 in his life when you're 45 years old you've won 7 Super Bowls to me i, I it's almost like every day i'm looking to, expecting to see a, a, a um you know an alert saying Tom Brady Announced that he's retired effective immediately.
0: And I, I, could, I could see Aaron Rodgers doing it just because I feel like he's weird lately. And just like I, – I could see him just being like, surprise, I don't give a fuck anymore. You know what I mean? He just, I, he's got that well, face. Well,
1: as for Aaron Rodgers, I think – I don't think they're bad just because they're a bad football team. I think there's something going on with him in the – I think he's such a dick that I think it's probably – this is my guess – that it's finally catching up to him in that locker room.
0: And and he needs a change of scenery. It, it,
1: something is going on because that team has talent. That team, remember, three weeks ago, we were shocked we beat this team. We were like, well, they've beaten a playoff team for sure. They have lost to the Jets, the Giants, and Washington in three weeks. That's not a murderer's row. So what happens when they play Minnesota? What happens when they play, you know, because I'm sure they're on – Primetime games four or five times the rest of the year playing good teams. What happens in those games? Well,
0: I'm going to throw one more at you. Dallas beat Detroit 24-6, but don't just look at that score.
1: No, it's close. I urge
0: you to watch that game. It was basically a 10-10 game in the fourth. Detroit fumbled on the one-yard line. Otherwise, it would have been Mm -hmm. 10-10. And then – after that, it was just a turnover fest for Detroit. Like, they literally just handed, literally handing the ball to Dallas players at that yeah. point. Literally handing them to them. Um, so that was actually a really close game. My question to you now is Is Dallas worse with Dak?
1: No. We said this last week. No. I just think.
0: I, I don't I, think so either, but I did not expect that game that I watched.
1: I think they're, you know. For the talent level they have, I think their wins have been kind of smoke and mirror-y. I mean, they went undefeated with a backup quarterback, but, you know, nothing they've done this year has been ult- entirely impressive. I mean, is their most impressive win this year against us? I have no idea. Yeah, I think it might be. I don't
0: know. Yeah. You know they lost Well, I mean, to- the- every single win is impressive if you're playing with your backup quarterback. What the hell are you talking about? No, I, I just— just
1: overall as a team, I mean, we, 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 you just asked me the question, are they better with uh, Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott? Well, so we're saying it's that well, close. But, but, I mean,
0: but, but you asked me what's their most impressive win. I don't even know how to grade that. If it's a backup quarterback, every win, he didn't lose, did he? He lost one game. Uh, yeah, Must but you yeah, only lost one game.
1: Yeah, but I just don't think they're that impressive of a team.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. fair. That's fair. Alright, all right. well that's going to do it for this episode um, We will be back We might be back Maybe with a guest Ooh. Um, Maybe But uh, we will be previewing The last game before the bye That is the Seattle Seahawks game um, Which is an away game And uh, that will be there for you To listen to first thing in the morning Friday morning at 9.30 On YouTube and even earlier than that On audio streaming services like soundcloud spotify and uh itunes things like that so you guys know the drill and uh we will see you all next time go giants